Hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of podcast with me, Russell Davis. This week we're doing something a bit different. I'm going to be reading two chapters of my book, Conceivable. Conceivable is about our journey, our 10-year journey of infertility and some of the things I learned on that journey and what I've learned since in sharing with couples and helping them conceive the baby they want. It's about the psychological aspects of the journey and often we get our own way because of our own thinking and our feelings. These two chapters about men and emotions. I learned so much about myself and emotions on our journey. I didn't realise how distant I was from my emotions. I didn't realise how lonely my wife felt because of that. I share this for two reasons. Perhaps you're a man and this will help you with your relationship with your emotions. Perhaps help you realise you're not alone. In how sometimes we find it difficult to share and identify emotions or or hold space for our women's emotions. Or perhaps your woman are in a partnership with a man and maybe help you understand your man more. Either way, I hope, it's, I hope it serves you. through a 10-year journey of infertility. We've seen infertility from every angle. It was quite a psychological experience for me, life-changing in so many ways. I'm very thankful for the things I learned about myself within that journey. I like to think I'm a happier man, a better father as a result. In fact, I am a father as a result. I truly believe I wouldn't have been a father if I hadn't done that kind of psychological journey that traumatic experience kind of nudged me to go along. One of the massive things I learned about myself was my relationship with emotions, which I know a lot of men maybe struggle with. I wrote a book to help couples along their journey because I think the lack of support and emotional support, particularly back then, was very poor. There's lots more things available now. But I wrote it as a way of helping others on their journey. And in, in the book, I wrote a couple of chapters for men. I mean, men can read the whole book, but I suspected most people buying that kind of book would be women. But I wrote a couple of chapters within that book specifically for men. And something about men and emotions. And I want to read a couple of those chapters now. Whether I stick with the script and read it, and as I read it, am I prompt other thoughts? I don't know. Um, but I share this for two reasons. One is maybe you're a man and maybe this will help you understand maybe your relationship with emotions, maybe help you realise you're not alone in our journey of understanding emotions and sharing emotions. And maybe you're a woman, maybe you're in a partnership with a, with a man and maybe help understand your man a little bit more where they're coming from and what they're battling with, maybe internally. Because I know for my own relationship, my distance relationship with emotions, my lack of holding space, my wife and wife's emotions was a real challenge and still can be at times. So let me kind of read this and I hope it just serves you. So it's two chapters. The first one is men and emotions. It starts with a quote from Brene Brown. And numbing vulnerability is especially debilitating because it doesn't just deaden the pain of our difficult experiences, 
Numbing vulnerability also dulls our experience of love, joy, belonging, creativity and empathy. We can't selectively numb emotion. Numb the dark and you numb the light. Emotions were an alien concept for me for various reasons. One is that there were painful emotions from the past I wanted to bury. I thought emotions were best avoided. I was totally unaware that I was doing this using my thinking and being in my head as a way of protecting myself from being hurt emotionally. Another reason was being raised in a society with an undercurrent of big boys don't cry. I see the same relationship with emotions in many of my male clients. Boys learn to be men by taking in the messages about what it means to be a man through our parents, older siblings, peers, teachers, TV shows, action films, commercials, men in positions of leadership, whether scout leaders or prime ministers. Many of these messages encourage boys to be competitive, focus on material success, think, be physically strong, and press and, and suppress any vulnerability or emotions. A study in the US looked at the attributes associated with masculinity, identified that people associated the following. Winning, which means in general, I'll do anything to win. Emotional control, which means I tend to keep my feelings to myself. Risk-taking, which means taking serious, dangerous risks help me to prove myself. Violence, which means sometimes violent action is necessary. Dominance, I should be in charge. Playboy, if I could, I would frequently change sexual partners. Self-reliance, asking for help is a sign of failure. Primacy of work. Work is the most important part of my life. Power over women. In general, I control the women in my life. Disdain of homosexuals. I make sure that people think I'm I'm heterosexual. Pursuit of status. It feels good to be important. When boys suppress and express... When boys express emotions or be vulnerable, it often leads to them being teased or ridiculed. It is not uncommon for men to think that showing emotions or being vulnerable is a sign of weakness. For these reasons, whether it is childhood emotions being buried as a protection mechanism or being brought up with the message that emotions are a sign of weakness, many men find it hard to identify their feelings, let alone express them. We all have feelings. It's just some of us find it easier to be aware and tune into them than others. Often men say they find it difficult to tune into their feelings. Or do they? I remember a European Cup final. Chelsea were losing 1-0 a few minutes to go. They scored an equaliser in the dying minutes that took the game to extra time. You could feel the relief amongst the supporters across the country wave through the TV sets. 30 minutes of extra time, a tense waiting game. Then came the penalty shootout. The tension shot up. 
this was make or break. Chelsea was down, and looking like it was all over, they turned things around, and when things looked so hopeless only a few minutes previously, they were suddenly European champions. I would suggest that 95% of the male supporters went through a rollercoaster of emotions of hope, joy, despair, anger, fear, sadness, anxiety. Of course, nothing of the same magnitude as infertility. However, I believe many of these men are the same men who often say they don't don't feel their feelings. Brené Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston, Graduate College of Social Work. She spent the last decade studying vulnerability, courage, worthiness and shame. Her 2010 TEDx talk, Houston, on the power of vulnerability, is one of the most watched talks of of TED.com, with over 7 million views. Her book, Daring Greatly, is an excellent exploration of vulnerability how the messages from society around emotions and shame prevent us from living an inspired life we crave. In the book, Brene summarises her research on men and vulnerability as When I asked men to define shame, here is what I heard. Shame is failure. At work, on the football field, in your marriage, in bed, with money, with your children, it doesn't matter. Shame is failure. Shame is being wrong. Not doing it wrong, but being wrong. Shame is a sense of defense. Def- shame is a sense of being defective. Shame happens when people think you're soft. It's degrading and shaming to be seen as anything but tough. Revealing any weakness is shaming. Basically, shame is weakness. Showing fear is shameful. You can't show fear. You can't be afraid no matter what. Shame is being seen as the guy you can shove up against the lockers. Our worst fear being criticised or ridiculed. Either one of these extremely shaming. Basically, men live under the pressure of one unrelenting message. Do not be perceived as weak. On page 91, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. The thing is, this protection mechanism men have to prevent them from being perceived as weak actually prevents us from having the experiences in life we aspire to have. To feel loved deeply and passionately by our partner. To experience the highs and lows of life, just like the football match. This protection mechanism means we flatline through life. Being okay, but not really living and engaged in life, and thus experiencing the joys it can bring. I lived my life that way for many years, for decades. It felt safe, but at the same time, it stopped me from being truly happy. It drove a wedge between me and my wife. Numbing our vulnerability doesn't prevent us from feeling difficult feelings. It numbs us from the experiences of joy, happiness, inspiration and love. You can't selectively numb out the negative emotions and just feel the positive ones. You end up flatlining through life. It's better to be alive to life than dead to life. Being the strong one. 
after eight years of married life and many years of infertility, my wife one day said to me she felt alone on the journey. I was really surprised by this. I attended all the appointments, we talked about things and made the decisions together. How was it she felt so alone? She told me that she didn't feel united on the journey, emotionally united. She said she didn't understand what was going on within me, within my head. She said she didn't know how I felt about things. I must admit, it been quite a common complaint in our relationship that lived in my head and I wasn't present. I can see how I lived in my head for two reasons. One was I generally didn't know how I felt at any given point. I wasn't really aware of my emotions, let alone being, let alone being able to articulate them. The second reason was I thought I needed to be the strong one. To be there for her and not allow my feelings to be an additional burden for her. It turns out that's not what she wanted. She wanted to know how I felt. She wanted to understand me, to understand how she felt. This is sharing and understanding at an emotional level that enables women to feel united with her man. This can be a very alien concept for a man. Emotions can be a very alien concept for a man. All we want to do is help, support and love our woman. The problem is no one ever taught us how to do that at an emotional level. No one has given us the manual for women. And likewise, no one gave them the manual for men. I never understood why so many times I tried to help my wife, but somehow I made things worse. It turns out they don't want us to make them feel better or fix their problems. They want to feel understood. And all they want is to understand how we feel, not what we think. There can be a cultural undertone of men being the provider, being the strong one to protect and look after our partner. Why is it true that women want their men to be strong, to be able to create a container that can contain their emotions without judgment, without trying to fix or change it? This can take strength of character. I, for one, used to psychologically run away from my wife's strong emotions, not knowing how to help her, as it seemed most things I tried in the past made it worse. However, that's because I judged her feeling as bad. I tried to change it wanting her to feel okay. Women's emotions are like a river. They flow. When they flow, they move on. Like a river, it needs a bank to allow the flow. Female emotions need a container to allow them to flow. Without a safe container, they can get stuck. It's our job to create that container. A space where they can express themselves without feeling judged without anyone trying to fix or change the emotion. When we try to fix it, all they hear is that they're bad or wrong for feeling it in the first place. Imagine they just need to vomit out these emotions. Our job is to hold the bucket. When they're done, fresh emotions will come in automatically. We don't need to fix them. Listen, validate, empathise, but don't fix. Women just don't want their men to create such a container. They also want their men to be real and be vulnerable to share their feelings. 
Men too often see expressing emotion as a weakness. Society creates a perception that big boys don't cry. But it's just not true. That is an adolescent form of male energy depicted by society and the media. Repressing our emotion leads to men to either being aggressive and angry or a passive Mr. Nice Guy, a people pleaser. Women don't want Mr. Nice Guy. She wants you to be real. She wants you to be able to cry, to be vulnerable. She wants you to be able to hold a space for her emotions and share your emotions. What does that mean in practice? Where's the Haynes manual when you don't actually know how to do this? Well, I go on into the book to share some practical exercises and how you can do that. But I hope just sharing these kind of chapters, these content, can give you an insight maybe to how your man may be feeling. And if you're a man listening to this, I hope it helps you see you're not alone in it. And the real power and the real joy that can be unlocked when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Loving you.